Hi, and welcome back to Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam, and today it's a joy to have with us Randy Rainbow. Uh, Randy is, well, if you, if you don't know him, you got to check him out on YouTube. He's hilarious. And, and of course, we're going to talk to him a little bit about his satire of President Trump and where he goes in the future, too, because uh, we're, we're gonna, you're going to run out of material in about Oh, wherever you days. go. Wherever <laughs> you go, Brian, that's where I go. <laughs> I'm, I'm here, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be back with Randy Rainbow. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hi, and we're back. It's Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam, and today is satirist and, uh, well, great singer and loves to wear the pink. I love, you know, I still have your sunglasses. I wear them in the White House all the time. I love that. That gives me <laughs> such joy. I can't tell you. <laughs> I like watching them freak out. So <laughs> Cause they know, because, you know, that's, that's like, uh, it's almost as bad as like when the, when they, when the Proud Boys show up with their <laughs> Well, you know, the thing about the Proud Boys, he said, stand by or stand back and stand by. Stand by. And, and you know what he wanted them to do? Everyone's afraid it was going to be a civil war. No, he wanted them to show up and cheer him while he drove off the golf. That's what they, they showed up on Saturday and cheered him as he drove to his country club golfing. That's that what the president be. meant. Oh, so, great. Yeah, there, there's that's a scene in a satire all by itself. So I'm just going to ask you the question, Randy. Yeah. Are, are you are you, are you going to run out of material in 60 days? Or <laughs> well, I, you know, first of all, I, I unfortunately don't think he's going anywhere. Oh, really? You don't? You you think they're going to have to forcefully? I mean, I mean, he'll be removed from the White House. But yeah. um, my gimmick, you know, it's sort of a, a mischaracterization of me understandably yeah. so, that uh, I just am the, the Trump guy. Yeah. And some people think that I will, you know, on January 20th, will just open my umbrella and fly off into the clouds and <laughs> you know, never to be heard from again until 2024 when he runs again, God forbid, toy, toy, toy. Um, <laughs> well, see, they're afraid you're going to go, but they want me to go out. <laughs> they want you to go. Yeah. But the, the truth is I... The new, uh, Donald Trump is not my muse. The news is my muse. And uh, I've been doing this shtick for 10 years now. Um, so back in the day, my first viral video was Randy Rainbow's dating Mel Gibson. I love and that. And I by dated the way. Charlie Sheen. And then I did, you know, I, I covered any anyone who was in the news. Kim Davis, if you remember her in Kentucky. Yeah. And Anthony Weiner. So I, I kind of designed this, this gimmick so that I would never run out of material um, because I just follow whatever the conversation is on social media or whatever they're talking about on the news. So now granted, he has been the, he has been the richest source of comedy for the last four years. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, not intentionally um, either. No, 
and he certainly he certainly helped elevate my career. So thanks for that. And then, but now I'm done with him, and he can leave. But then also, if you look at some of my some of my greatest hits over this past year alone have been uh, COVID and social distancing, and uh, Anthony Fauci and Andrew Cuomo and Kamala. So. So whatever is in the news is material for me. So no, I'm not going nowhere. Yeah, that's good because you're a funny guy. You're, you're, you know, it's how you tell a story. You're a funny guy. I'm a funny guy. <laughs> funny I'm, guy. I'm looking down at my, my, my new kitten is playing with uh, my, my I kick hand. the cats out when I'm doing this because I otherwise they're climbing over the screen. And we have yeah. one that's a serial killer. We let her out at night and she comes back in the morning. She has like three dead bodies laid out for us to look at, you know rats and mice and ducks oh, no. and goats and geese and moose and I don't know how she gets some of them through the little pet door there I, 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 I swear to god I think she's armed <laughs> she's strapped oh, that's funny well this is a real Manhattan uh, cat she yeah. didn't go nowhere yeah well she won't have to you'll just you know you've got enough sewer rats like Donald around exactly right but um <laughs> so what wh looking back at the last four years You've made fun of a lot <laughs> and it's been fun, but what mm. do you, what's, what's for good or for ill, what's the best memory you have or the most striking memory you have of the Donald Trump administration? You mean for me personally that I've yeah. had in my, in my own life? Well, it's been very nice for me because, you know, I have had parallels to this horrible experience of what's happening to our country. It's been, you know, uh, creatively and professionally uh, very fulfilling. <laughs> so yeah. I've, you know, and whenever, and, and also just sort of cathartic because whenever some shit goes down in the news, instead of just complaining about it, like everyone else is, like I would be doing, right. um, I, I can write, write, you know, parodies and do songs and get artistic about it. So it's been a lifesaver for me. So lots of nice things have happened. I mean, like, uh, my God, I got two Emmy nominations out of the last four years, and yeah, I sold and out. You should have won. I should have damn won. Damn it! I lost. Damn it! I lost to damn James Corden, who I love both times. But please, come on, give it, give it to the kid. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Um. But I also, <laughs> you know, so like, lot, so lots of great stuff has happened. But it's really and the and the touring was a lot of fun and you came to see me when yeah. I when I was in DC and I look forward to uh to doing my happy days or here again tour after this is all over after COVID's over. What was yeah. the biggest surprise for you? Who 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 did you find out was a a fan of yours that surprised you that you were like, wow, that's really cool. You want me to just say you, Brian? <laughs> You're fishing now. <laughs> okay. No, let me go back. The greatest thing that happened. Was when Brian invited me. Well, don't forget, we also went to the uh, correspondence. Yeah, dinner. that's right, right. <laughs> not, you know, we had a great time, but it was the most boring year ever. Not for nothing. It, yeah, it was. They, it was. They, they banished all joy and fun and comedy. Yeah, in D.C., they kind of banished all of that over the last few years. Yeah. So kind of rough. Um, but, but, I, but to answer your question, yeah. I, lots of, I, I mean, I, I have connected with like just about all of my idols from uh, Carol Burnett, who is now a, a friend of mine who writes and calls after every video I put out. Um, I think the most surprising has been the political people and the news people. 
Yeah. Um, You're very so popular in the White House. I, well, it, that was, that's sort of like a, a, I never really expected that, believe it or not. But like to hear from, you know, Dana Bash and all my, my CNN friends and you and uh, Hillary Clinton sent me fan mail that, that's hanging in my, uh, in the other room. So I, I guess it's the, those people who I, I never really imagined I would reach. You know, I did give Trump uh, some of your pink glasses. I don't think he'll wear them. What do you mean you gave him? <laughs> I, I, I dropped off. I had some Randy Rainbow glasses. Don't get me in trouble now. We have six <laughs> days left. Yeah. I, I dropped some Randy Rainbow paraphernalia off after you were in D.C. to uh, the uh, press office in the White House and said, hey, you got to give it to the president. I also, um, gave, him a, uh, also gave him one of my uh, Playboy magazine uh, masks. I don't think he'll wear that either. What is your goal? What is the end game? I mean, you really like are you just go for him. And like, I'm surprised you're even allowed within 10 feet of him at this point. Well, gee, I'm really not. <laughs> they tried to yank my press pass. I had to sue him, boom, boom, keep it. Um, so, uh, you know, they, they can't really get rid of me. At the same time, they don't like me being around. And, and I, you know, I, I press him because, you know, I recognize in him like you did, like you said, hey, you recognize your dad in him. I, I yeah. kind of, there, I have, I recognize a couple of family members in him and I'm not going to let him off the hook. And I, I know it's BS. I know it's basically, he's, it's a con job. So you got to right. stay after him. You got to keep after him. You got to ask him, you know, and at this point I got zero fucks left to give. I mean, you lost the damn election. Just be an adult and, and, you know, say, like you said, I'll be back in 2024, bigger and better, newer production. I don't buy it, but you got to give it a whirl. But you make, you know, there's an old saying that if you want to tell the truth in this world, you got to make people laugh when you do it. So that's the joy that you bring to the equation. There are people in the White House, I could say the exact same thing that you do, but I don't do it in song or wearing the glasses or dancing. Although I do try to dance there on occasion. But you're pretty good. Yeah, I try. So it's, <laughs> but you but know, that's, that's the, that's, yeah, that's the, that's the secret. I mean, I suppose I'm maybe not as brave as you are. So uh, that's maybe why I was attracted to the art of comedy because it's in, in some ways the, uh, a great, um, you know, system for delivering the truth, but yeah. you know, in a, in a cute little package that people don't realize, um, you know, it makes it, it, it's a spoonful of sugar. So, um, it helps yeah, that's definitely down, part of Girl, yeah. So you've given up on haircuts, I see. I haven't had a haircut or many other things well, since uh, uh, February. We're not oh, going there. February. Since February. Feb February. <laughs> it's February. Really February. So I'm letting it go. I don't know what, what's going to happen. I've always wanted to grow my hair out. And so I, I'm, I'm just fucking doing it. And then when I go back, uh, you know, out on the road and I have to be a person again, then I'll maybe I'll get a haircut. I will get a haircut. I need to get a haircut anyway, but I haven't even touched Get a haircut, hippie. <laughs> You're starting to look like Abby Hoffman. <laughs> really? You don't think I'm cute? Of course. Of course I think you're cute. You know that. Stop it. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> don't go there. Come on. Right. <laughs> so you know I'm needed. Yeah. So where do you think going forward, what would you like to do that you haven't done? 
Well, you know what, I'm excited to do, first of all, you know, it also reminded me of something that Sarah Cooper said on The View the other day that I, that resonated with me about, you know, because people, of course, ask her the same thing, like, oh, are you out of a job now? And she said, I think I'd be out of a job if I had to keep, if I kept doing these videos. Yeah. The joke is about to expire. Like, and I can tell you as someone who's been doing it for four years, people are just about ready to stop laughing at this. And I think a, a second term, it, it would have been beyond funny, even for moi. Um, so I'm now looking forward to doing the stuff that I, you know, really want to do. And hopefully that, you know, uh, which I'm, I've already started to do. I'm, I'm, I'll be writing my first book, which comes out next year. It's called um, Randy it's Rainbow playing, playing with Myself. <laughs> Is Remember? it a pictorial? <laughs> it's only it's only pictures. It's only it's a picture book. It's, it's a, a coloring book. It's a oh. and it's like a, it's like it's a flip book. So it's, it's, it's a pop up. It's a pop up. Thank you. That's what they meant. Um, hey now. I'm, I'm also um, in developmental stages of, of some TV stuff and cool. uh, scripted, unscripted. So I, I'm I'm looking forward to all the all the fun stuff ahead. Hopefully, that's less Trump. But again, if I continue to cover to cover the news, and you tell me what you think, I mean, is he going to be? Because I think he's going to still be doing rallies. Oh, he'll and do half something. the country. Yeah, he's not going to disappear. I, everyone says that they think he's trying a coup. I think he's just look. He's got 71, 72 million voters. I think he's just thinking, gee, if I just get twenty bucks a month out of each one of them, I'm set for life. So I, I think that's. I, I think it's all a con. I mean. And he'll, so he'll leave, he'll eventually, he'll never admit, he'll never concede, he'll just leave. And so after the 20th, cause he doesn't, you know, after the 20th, the marshals and the uh, secret service have already told me, you know, look, look, if it's a certified election, he's not the guy, we know how to get rid of squatters. So yeah. that could, that would be a scene, that would be a parody scene in and of oh, itself. Let, it, let that happen. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> and that best payoff, we deserve that. I would love to see that happen, but it's not going to. I I think uh, there are those that are given even money that will go to Mar-a-Lago for Christmas and then just not come back. And I think that's a possibility. No, I I can't imagine. I, I can't. I, 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 I can see. And the then what? Pence is the, Pence is the no, he'll just he'll just disappear to Mar-a-Lago and, you know, have his rallies and go out and you do his stuff, but won't come back to the White House. And then some of his people at work for him say that he'll actually show up for the inauguration because, and get this, because there's a great spot for the outgoing president. He gets a lot of attention during that ceremony. So Trump loves attention. So I could see him being there at the inauguration. Oh my God. I, but all of it's going to be right. Are you going to go to the inauguration, by the way? I'm sure I'll be headlining. <laughs> I haven't asked yet. <laughs> I oh, that I'd like to see. <laughs> I know it's. I don't know what they're going to do this year because of COVID, but it's probably a a, a smaller crowd. Yeah. And then of course Trump will tweet out because of COVID that his inauguration had more people at it than Biden's inauguration. Oh, well, now it's going to. Now he's really going to let loose because he doesn't even have. You know, it's not even the the pretense of of the presidency yeah. if there was one at all. So it, it's going to be quite a show. Well, I would be surprised to see him show up at the inauguration, but who knows? But afterwards, 
afterwards, I do think he'll end up going on the road with rallies. He maybe he'll do the Trump television network um, all the time, but I don't think he'll ever run again. I, I don't. I think he's, I think he likes being on the outside yelling. And now with the gravitas of being a former president, he can have all the fun without any of the responsibility. And let's face it, that's what Donald Trump wants anyway, is no responsibility. That's correct. But I think he'll, he will tease it for the next four years, oh, whether he or not. God, yes. Yes, that little prick tease, he will. He's just yeah. going to be a prick tease. It's going to be a national prick tease. It's going to be obnoxious, that's for sure. What's your idea of the best? What's your idea of, I mean, if you had any, you, you, you talk about the um, projects that you've got coming. If you had the perfect project, what would it be for you? Um... I'm also doing a podcast, by the way. I forgot that. So you're going to come on that. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. I, you are. I, I, you already booked. Um, lo, you know, there's many different ways this could go that would make me happy. I would love to do kind of like a, a, a talk show situation, sort of a talk show, sketch show, kind of daily show, ah. playhouse hybrid kind of situation. Um, I would love to flesh out my stage show into more of a spectacle and, do, and develop that. I had lots of fun live dates on the books before fucking COVID. Can I say COVID? Um, <laughs> you can say fucking. Oh, okay. <laughs> and um, I was going to do Broadway. We were looking at a broad, yeah. limited Broadway run and we were look, I was going to play at the Kennedy Center this, this year. So I'd love to do more stage stuff for sure. Well, I loved your stage show. I'd love to see it. I think it'd be funny to see in a movie, but that's just me. Yeah, and I, you know, I the, the whole reason I started this ten years ago was kind of as an audition. It was sort of like my my version of a like a self tape to put myself out there because I didn't really have the guts to do the cattle calls and stuff like that, like all my friends were doing. So I sat around and waited for YouTube to come along, and then I said, "Okay, let go. me put my, here. I can put myself out there in a way, you know, that that I control and let people know that like I'm funny and I can sing and blah 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 and." I only started writing stuff and covering hot topics sort of as just because I needed something to talk about. Right. We, I we needed started. material, but the, but the whole thing was so that I would get cast in movies and TV shows and, and plays. I still want to do Sisters with you. Sisters. sisters. <laughs> I, do, I don't know if we're in the same key. Well, No, we were in a different key, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll find the right key. Um, so. I'll sing it the octave up. Yeah, you're always you're you're always the bottom anyway. <laughs> Bitches. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started. If you go that way with the humor, I'm right there. That's, I don't. I'm sorry. I I'm drunk. No, I'm not. <laughs> well, we all should be after four years. But um, <laughs> where do, um, when you what what gives you an idea when you sit down? What what sparks you? What makes you want to go? Oh, this is what I want to do a piece about. Um, well, look, it's been pretty easy. It's kind of just been handed to me on a silver platter because it's, you just go on Twitter and you see what everyone's fucking talking about or what that is. The, that is why he is the gift of comedy because he has written, you don't even have to think about it. He just writes the, 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 the songs he writes the, you know, the, the, the captions. The bits. Yeah. Yeah. The angle, the angle, you know, he, I mean, it's like crazy. And so, um, I like to cover what people are talking about and whatever everyone's talking about. If he says Clorox or inject bleach, you know, 
then you talk about that. If everyone's talking about Rudy's hair dye, you know, I could do a song about that. Although I don't even want to think about it because I'm nauseous. Yeah, that, he needs a better colorist. All I can say is who does his- What the hell was that? It's like he put shoe polish in his hair. I swear to God. And the way he had the meltdown and then he does a callback to my cousin Vinny. That's oh your brilliant God. defense. I, to me, I, you know, I laugh every day because if I didn't laugh, I'd probably cry. I never thought that I'd see a president of the United States quite like this. Yeah. Yeah, I just didn't. No, it's, it's, uh, that's why it makes it easy to spoof because it's just, it's already, it's past the line of, of, of parody. I mean, it is parody in itself. It, the reality is parody. Yeah. And Lindsey Graham and Mike. Well, that's, oh, yeah. I got Lindsey Graham for you talk about running out of material. I've got about oh, no. nine song books waiting for Lindsey. <laughs> I got the whole second act of Oklahoma for Lindsey. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd love it. <laughs> and he'll know he'll sing along, you know. Yeah, that's he probably will. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a short break. We'll be right back. Well, time to pay the bills, folks. And this one I, I don't mind doing. If <laughs> I actually have actually used this. If this 2020 holiday season feels like it's been a long time, come and make it worth the wait with Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks makes the perfect gift for family and friends or to treat yourself, all shipped directly to your door. They offer everything you need to bring families together for a delicious holiday feast. Okay, or maybe not, maybe just a delicious festival. Uh, their deluxe grillers assortment package includes a variety of entrees, sides, and desserts. Right now, you can get this mouth-watering package. I, I've never actually seen a mouth water. Oh, well, anyway, plus four free burgers and a free digital meat thermometer. And we all need a good meat thermometer. And exclusive price only available to uh, our listeners. So go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code QUESTION into the search bar. Get a jump on gift shopping with Omaha Steaks. You know, Omaha Steaks isn't just a steak. It, it's actually a, a lot of them. It's a fantastic gift and a safe way to share the joy of the season with Omaha Steaks. Guaranteed quality and safety with every order. Order the Deluxe Grillers Assortment Package today, and you'll receive four free Omaha Steak Burgers and a free digital meat thermometer. That's just a great straight line I won't use. When you go to omahasteaks.com and type question in the search bar, that's omahasteaks.com and type question. And if you need to spell it, it's Q-U-E-S-T-I-O-N in the search bar. And you'll shop for the best gourmet gifts of the season I, I like a good raw steak, so uh, enjoy it. It is a lot of fun. Hi, and we're back. It's Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam, and with us is Randy Rainbow. Randy, here's the question for you. <laughs> nervous. <laughs> Are you nervous? Because <laughs> what's, what's the thing that you – where's – Where's the line of demarcation? Is there anything you wouldn't do that would be fun? You know, you mean like in comedy in general or? Yeah. Um, well, you know what I used, I might've even given you a different answer to this just the last time I was on your program <laughs> because the line is constantly moving. Yes. Um, and so I, 
you know, when I started out doing this, I, you know, I'm a fan of Joan Rivers and Howard Stern and, you know, Sarah Silverman and uh, from the beginning yeah. and people who, who, who were artfully inappropriate and said the thing that you weren't supposed to say, but in a way that was, you know, obviously Funny. satirical. And it was, it, there, was a, there was a reason for it. It wasn't just gratuitous, like let's say shit that's offensive just for the sake of it. To me, it was like, it, it was the prick in the balloon. It was sort of saying the thing that you're not supposed to, to, to add levity to that thing so that we could all breathe about it, right. you know? Um, however- You got some grief for it. What's that? You got a little grief for it, right? Yes, I did. I, I, yes, I was called out for some old from for some jokes from ten years ago, um, but when I and 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 to look at them now, I mean, it is embarrassing to see them because they're they so don't hold up. But they're ten years ago, and and comedy is not evergreen. And and uh, so I, when I look back at, at at jokes like that, and you know, they they were offensive. They said you know they they because they were designed to be right. offensive, but. Um, I can see what I was doing. And it wasn't, you know, I wasn't trying to be a, a proud boy. I was just trying to be, to push the envelope in comedy. So uh, unfortunately, I, I think that uh, while certainly I have learned that there are certain things that should be off limits because you don't want, you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings and people are understandably uh, more sensitive now than ever. And so I understand that. And my goal is not to offend people purposely or hurt people. So, well, that, those so, are two different things. Uh, there are certain things. What do you mean? That, uh, well, I mean, offend and hurt. Offend and hurt, I think, are two different things. Because you can be offended and not hurt by it. I mean, I, I, I mean, or, or, or you explain it to me because I, I mean, I've talked to people who said we're we're just we can't laugh anymore. That even the right. Well, that's the that's the, the and sort of as far as comedy goes. Um, I think because of social media and because um, people are just sort of using tweets like from 10 years ago, say, or, or before um, as, as, as documents to, you know, uh, you know Indict you. and taking them, out of, taking them out of context and stripping them of all nuance and just presenting them as fact because they're just written in black and white. And um, so, I, you you have to be conscious and cautious of that now. Um, I I don't know. See, it's and I also have to try to think outside of my own head because I don't understand the concept of being offended. Maybe I'm a lunatic, but <laughs> I was raised in a household that whatever the thing is that's hurting you, you make a joke about it immediately so that you take control of it. You shrink it down to a joke yeah. so that you can deal with it. Yeah, you, you grew up in my family. That's how we dealt with it. Yes, I am your sister. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I don't. So okay, I don't understand. <laughs> I and, and I and I always talk about my friend Judy Gold's book. I'll give her a little plug. I'm looking at it right now. Judy Gold, the fabulous comedian, has a book out now called "Yes, I Can Say That." When they come for the comedians, we're all in trouble. Yeah. And she talks all about this and. Um, you know, it's 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 an art form that's sort of endangered right now. And yeah, um, I agree. Well, and I was always told it, there's nothing off limits to make a joke about. 
right. there are certain subjects that you better you better hone it to make sure that man you're right on you, you you've got it right and they're making you know well here's the thing with that and about like when when you go back to like jokes that i tweeted 10 years ago on twitter for instance yeah. i probably i probably that was probably for professionals to do i i learned somewhere that when you're starting out and i was i was in my 20s just starting out in comedy and i learned that you write for you know when you're starting out you write for the comedians that you admire so i was probably writing for sarah silverman show which was on comedy right. central at the time not even thinking not even thinking that i was saying these things in my own voice it was just sort of an exercise it was sort of my twitter back then was like my stand up comedy clubs i was trying out material so i and i had about 10 followers and they were all my friends so when you when you when you present those jokes to my now like 600,000 people on twitter yeah, you know, it's that I would not have, you know, it was not I, back then when I was starting out and didn't have a following, I had no right to be going there um, on any kind of large scale, but I wasn't. I was just trying them out for like a small group of people, but then tweets are forever. So, you know. Oh, God, yeah. Well, and, you know, like a comedian friend of mine said, you know, I, when I kind of to what you're saying, when he started out in the clubs, and he bombed a lot because everybody does. You yeah. start out, if you don't bomb, you're not going to get, you, nobody starts out, you know, doing Richard Pryor and doing an hour and a half without taking a breath and having everybody laugh for that entire hour and a half. You get right. out there and you bomb and you hone yeah. your stuff. But exactly. he, said, he said, if if social media had been around when he started, he doesn't know if he had had a career because he said, I was so horrible when I started out. And but I, you have to. But, yeah. but, 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 but young comedians starting out, would go to you know comedy clubs, clubs. Yeah. and bomb and bomb and bomb and even like, like the biggest names in the business now do that and they bomb and bomb until until they hone and so I think for when I started in comedy Twitter was kind of that it's where you threw a bunch of shit on the wall right and see what stuck and and sort of just you know um, just tried stuff out but. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. But as far as, as far as being offended by things, just to finish that, I, I, what Judy Gold was saying when I brought her up is that I, I feel like being offended is, she says this, being offended is a, is a choice. You choose to be offended. Yes. When you're hurt, it's an actual thing that, that is genuine. I guess there's a fine line between the two. I but get I, feel like I understand that, yeah. I get it. I mean, people, say things to me all the time and aren't, aren't you offended by that? And I go, well, what the fuck do I care what you think? <laughs> I barely care what I think. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you hit me, you know, it's like the sticks and stones thing, but I mean, words can hurt. And I, and I'm not going to pretend like somebody couldn't say something to me that wouldn't hurt, but it's just like most of the time when they say stuff, you know, like I'm sure you get, to, I get, you know, the death threats and the shit about, you know, you're this, you're George Soros. I don't even know George Soros, but you know, I get accused of being employed by him all the time <clears throat> or, you know, a liberal libtard and all these things that are supposed to be offensive. And I end up laughing at him because I just, I look at it and go, man, that's really poor com comedy. <laughs> you can't, right. I can write a better insult than that. Hold on. Right. <laughs> and me too. And, and, and that's our way to me. That's a very healthy response to that. But, yeah. maybe, but maybe we're insane. <laughs> <laughs> or the world is. But you know what else, Brian? I think, and it's hard to to 
say this without people telling you to go fuck yourself. But I think that comedians need to be judged differently from everybody else in this yeah. arena. When I, you're when you're when you're when you're when you're litigating uh, words, you, you have to consider who they were said by. And if it was a comedian telling yeah. jokes, then you can't hold them to the same standard as you do a politician. That's and, exactly and I find right. That some people nowadays, like with when, when that happens with me, they call me out as though, you know, and like I said, these are not skeletons in my closet. I'm these a comedian. Are these, are old, these are old jokes in my shoebox from, from, from a long time ago. So they, I, they, I didn't mean them. I said them because I didn't mean them and they were satirical. So you have to, I, I just think that we have to consider the source. Well, and I always say you have to consider the fact that, you know, criticism, constructive criticism or comedy or any of it isn't exactly a personal smack. It's, I mean, when, when you're making fun of the president, I, I don't make fun of his, what he does personally. I don't care. I care what he does to the country. And so my criticism of his is strictly on the professional level. And your satire isn't, I, I mean, if you take it seriously, I just think that people just really fucking miss the point. It's, it's yeah. like, you can't, you can't laugh at this, even if you like, look, there are people I know that like him that go, Jesus Christ, I wish he'd shut up. Right. <laughs> yeah. and, and the other thing that I try to do is uh, I try to also make myself the butt of the joke at yes. the same time. So I kind of created this character that's kind of a heightened version of my reality of who I really am. Right. And he's kind of he's kind of an ignoramus. He's kind of says shit that, you know, I, I like here I am this lunatic uh, you know, uh, news anchor or whatever right. I'm pretending to be. And 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 that's absurd. So I hope that I'm I'm always making myself the butt of the joke at the same time. Well, you're never going to make some people happy and you can't worry about it. What are you going to do, Brian? What are you what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What gonna do when a fella gets flirty okay go ahead. you got me thinking about oklahoma i can't yeah <laughs> there you go i'm still on officer krupke <laughs> gee <laughs> officer krupke krup you but <laughs> did, you, did you see my fauci tribute i loved yes that's one of my favorite the oh, good. Fauci trib yeah dr fauci yeah he's a fan by the way i hear i haven't i haven't been good. able yeah you're good i haven't uh -huh. talked to him personally How do you know that? uh i was told by a member of his staff that he, he saw the, the thing that you did and you liked it oh that means a lot yeah but i i haven't i haven't spoken to him personally i just know someone on his staff who said that and, and there right. are people who have actually here's the funny part there are people in the white get the vaccine before anybody else go ahead yeah. the uh there are members of the white house who have asked me um why hasn't why haven't you made fun of them yet oh really see yeah. people See it as a badge of honor. Who, who, who? Not Kaylee. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to say. <laughs> oh, you really have people and you won't tell me? That's horrible. yeah. There's a couple of them that I you know, just don't, but, don't don't tell him. But I'm a, I am a fan because if I told you, then he might. They might, you know. Are they? Well, just give me something. Are they well known? Like, would they? Are well, they if like, they wondered why you haven't made fun of them yet, that should give you an idea that. Shit. Yeah, that perhaps you have some fans there that you didn't know about. Will but, you one day tell me ever? Like, yes, I will one day tell you. I okay. will. I promise that. I will one day tell you. Although my favorite one was uh, that you made fun of was Mike Pence. 
<laughs> Weren't, didn't you well, call I, me? It's, it's, yeah. yeah. What did I call him? Uh, what did, what did I call him? I don't know where I don't know where you want to go on this podcast. I don't know who listens to this. Go anywhere you but want. I make, I make fun of him often, only because yes, you do. sexually attracted to him. We're gonna take another quick break, and we'll be. <laughs> yeah. On that. Yeah, on that, we'll take another. Well, on that, I'm looking at my time. We'll take another quick break, and we'll be right back. All Steaks makes the perfect gift for family and friends or to treat yourself. All shipped directly to your door. They offer everything you need to bring families together for a delicious holiday feast. When you go to omahasteaks.com and type question in the search bar, that's omahasteaks.com and type question. And if you need to spell it, it's Q-U-E-S-T-I-O-N in the search bar. And you'll shop for the best gourmet gifts of the season. I, I like a good raw steak, so uh, enjoy it. It is a lot of fun. Hi, and we're back, and we're having too much fun. I'm, I'm, I'm Brian Kerman. With me is Randy. Randy, do you do voices? Yeah. <laughs> Who's your favorite imitation? That you do? You're just setting yourself up to do um, Rodney Dangerfield impressions. Oh, Come no, on. no, no. I do Rodney all the time. I won't do Rodney. Oh. I, I miss Sean Connery, but that's another one. That's... I don't, I, you're the you voice never... guy. I don't do voices now. You know, you do great voices. Who would? What do I do? Your singing voice. Oh, thanks. I but I but not, I don't. Impress. No, no, you don't do impressions. But you do. I I like. What's your favorite number that you've done that you've used in a parody? Um. Oh my God. Well, they're all so good, Brian. But um, I I only I I do only songs that I love. So I I always like each one when I do it. I liked. The, I like all the Mary Poppins stuff. I like Spoonful of Clorox. That was a that was a fun. <laughs> that one. was a good one. <laughs> this last one I did. This last one I did, which was from Company, from uh, yeah. which was not getting married today. Did you know what that song was? Because that's a little like insidery show queen. Yeah. Of, well, uh, all right. So uh, what what can I tell you? I've, I've done musical theater. I knew it. So <laughs> you knew it. Okay. Good. Yeah. You but know, I, you and I know. had that one time. We had you did beat me, but we had the quiz on on. Uh, that's what's, right. Yeah. What's the uh, what what show is this from? And you knew more than. But I have see my uh, repertoire goes back to you know to the Oklahoma shit, and right. newer stuff I'm not real up to date on. But that's always fun for me because I was in a lot of those musical comedies, you know, in theater back in the day. That's why we get along. Yeah, back in the day, you know. Yeah, that's that's from my. My mom would do that. Beat the bottom of her chin, go, I'm not getting a double chin. Does that do anything? <laughs> keep you from getting a double chin. I have no idea. Why don't you take a run around the block instead of just yeah. here doing Yeah, you, you jog while slapping the bottom of your chin. <laughs> I won't get a double chin. I won't get a double chin. <laughs> Stop eating so much, Ma. Yeah. That's a, well, no, she won't eat at all. That's she's 83 years old and she won't refuses to, you know, she weighs a hundred pounds flat and won't eat. You know, I'm not getting fat. I'm not, I refuse to get five, five, former anchor, former, uh, actress. <clears throat> she's, uh, she's out there and oh loving it. Um, so I do too. Great, great person. You'd love her. She, you'd, you'd get along with her. So oh, what, I'll meet her. yeah, yeah. What, where do you, uh, where do you see, 
where do you see yourself five years from now? Where would you like to be five years from now? Off my fucking couch. <laughs> if that's the thing in five years. Yeah, I'm sure the COVID virus will be over by then. Oh, good. Um, I've I've always been very uh, organic in my uh, you know life, and I kind of go wherever the wind blows me. Um, can I say blows me? Yes. But so I don't know. I yeah, don't I know. Right there. I want to continue, uh, you know, creating and I want to make, continue to make albums and, and write books and, and do comedy and see what the hell happens because I didn't know that it was going to take me this. I had no idea that it would, that it would go here. I was just doing what I found pleasurable and, and, and experimenting with the different genres that I love. And it ended up taking me this far. So I'm just going to keep doing that. And, a, you know, it's a wonderful philosophy. You know, John Reed, who was a, a journalist, and if you ever saw the movie Reds with Warren Beatty, it was, it was his, the movie about him. But John Reed had a, a saying that I really like, and it was that um, he's never, he said, I never experienced success when I pursued it in a line. I was Linearly. Linearly, thank you. Um, but whenever I floated with the wind, and landed where it, it, it sent me, that's when I found my greatest success. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but that's kind of what you just said. I find that to be very true. I, uh, you know, you know, when you make, when God, you know, man makes plan, God's la God laughs. I find that to be very true. And so, uh, you know, I say just have a wonderful time and uh, try to be somewhat focused about it. And it will take you where you're ultimately gonna go. Also this past year has taught me, like I think everybody, that you can't make plans. Um, right. So that's been a lesson that I hope to take with me is that uh, just kind of have less inhibitions and just do what you love and, and be nice to people and hopefully you'll wind up where you're going. Well, that's good advice for anyone. Because I made a bunch of plans this for this year. Like I said, I was gonna hopefully be on Broadway and I was gonna play this and I was gonna do this. And then, you know, and everyone had plans this year, and then there, then a pandemic strikes, and you're locked in your home for eight months. So yeah. who the hell knows? Just have a great time and be a nice person. Well, uh, what do you think of the Vanity Fair article from you? Do you like it? Um, yeah, it was very good. I forget yeah. what I it was. What did you think of it? I liked it a lot. It was, it was a nice picture, good article. Yeah, this kid's going places. It said this kid's going places. I'm telling I didn't, you. I didn't try to just skim articles on me i don't really read them because it's I hard to read stuff about yourself isn't it yeah yeah i i i skim it too i usually ignore it but but you had a nice cover photo you had to watch you had to look at that at least i always look at whenever there's a picture of me i look at it <laughs> That's, i love my mirror <laughs> i've been looking at myself this whole time you think i'm looking at you yeah. <laughs> I'm not looking. I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at me. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn, I look good. Jesus Christ. I can't wait till all the Zoom crap is over. Oh, me too. I, 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 to me, it's the biggest pain in the ass. You know, the whole, the whole shtick about this podcast that was, I like to get out and have conversations with people, sit across from you and talk. We had such a nice time the last time we did yeah. this. You came. You were at my show. What was it? Was that? That was in yeah, D.C. Yeah, it was in D.C. At the Warner Theater. Yeah, good show. 
And uh, you came backstage and we did it in my dressing room before the show. It was so, yeah. you know, there was ambiance and there was energy and yeah. you're it's reminded of how much nicer it was. Not that it's nice to connect, yeah, it's not it's nice if you want any, in any capacity, but it sucks to just have to be sitting in our living rooms. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, sitting here and, and yeah, I agree. But I remember that night too, there was a young woman who brought her daughter out and you signed and she said you were such a, an inspiration to her. And so she's like, you know, eight or nine years old and she's got on the Randy Rainbow glasses. I was surprised that, you know, mom would let her, but you know, hey, but she had found you on YouTube. And I find that that's encouraging to see people come out and go, hey, that's got to be touching when people say, hey, you, you were an inspiration. That's the most touching thing and the most surprising thing in doing my tour and doing the Q and A's uh, because you don't, you know, for years of just making the videos and putting them out there, you don't actually, you're not face to face with your, your viewers. So I didn't know who I was reaching. I knew that I was hearing from people on social media and stuff, but it wasn't until I started touring that I actually started seeing faces. And, um, and I was very surprised and thrilled to see the, the, uh, the, you know, ages ranging from eight to, uh, you know, 80. one to nine. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, my mother's a big oh, fan. Really, I, I, I and there's a lot of parents that I, that would stand up and say, "This is my kid," and then I would say, oh, "I'm sorry, I said fuck nine times," but they would say, <laughs> "I we show we show my kid your videos, and and she, and she loves you, or he loves you, or there have been teachers who say they show my videos in class." I think there's an element to that, and I'm kind of I'm kind of uh, you know doing it. I'm cognitive of it. It, it. That's kind of almost like a, a civics lesson a little bit. It's sort of like a schoolhouse rocks element that I try to inject. Um, so I think they respond to that. And I think that's lovely. Yeah. yeah. What's your biggest surprise when you were on the road as far as that goes? Um, biggest surprise. Well, my biggest surprise was that I would go to these strange cities and people would show up. <laughs> again it's very it's like the most isolating thing to do this sort of content and for years I was just alone in a living room with a green screen making this stuff and then to to get on a plane and go to a city that I'd never been to before like and be greeted by 3,000 people applauding when you come out it was like what how do you know me right where where did you go to a plane and where did you get on a plane and go to that you hadn't been to before Oh, I, I'd never been anywhere before I started touring. I really hadn't. I'd been to New York and to Florida, which is where I was, the two places that I grew up. Um, so I really had, a, had limited experience, but I've now been all around the country. And I guess going to the South and, and touring through Texas, which was a lot of fun and showing up to those venues and having the place full, that was always a shock, but- Where'd you go, go in Texas? Everywhere, Dallas and uh, all the major cities in Texas. What's the smallest venue that you went to? Smallest town? Smallest? Oh God, I don't even remember. I don't know. I'm bad with that. I don't. I, everything. I, I'm like famous for not knowing where we are. I just because everything just looks like you're in your living room. Uh, now I know where I am. Thank you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we get off the plane, and I wouldn't, you know, I, I'd go twenty four hours. I'd do the show, I'd get back on the plane, and I'd be like, "Where, where, where were we just now?" Well, there's um, there's an, a story that Bill Hicks, I, you know, the comedian, said he was in the South one day, and he had been making a joke about uh, 
Christianity. And this guy confronted him outside the place and said, Hey, come on. And he kept pushing him back. He said, come here. And he goes, tells you how brilliant he was already. Cause he's pushing me back. And he's going, I'm a Christian. And you were making, what do you think I should do? I'm a Christian. And he goes, I don't know. Forgive me. <laughs> and he was, he was in a small town in Mississippi. I think it was, it may have been Biloxi. So I just wondered if you'd ever, you know, run across that type of crowd. I, in, in three years of touring, to my knowledge, maybe I'm not, you know, maybe people are walking out in the middle of the show. I'm not privy to it or I'm not seeing it, but I never really was heckled once. No, I mean, did you, were you ever in a town that you were surprised that you go, wow, there's, there's 3,000 people. I, I wouldn't think that 3,000 people would, would come see me here. Yeah, any place in the South, really, which I guess is, is sort of silly of me to have thought that. But there are pockets of people who, you know, like different things. And actually, those end up being the best crowds. Really? Because, well, those red states. The yeah. red states are the best crowds for me because uh, they're, they, you know, they're thrilled to be in, in a room with like-minded people or, you know, uh, I mean, to me, it's just people who want to laugh. That's that's what I hope my fan base is. But uh, you know, more liberal, I guess, forward-thinking type people, um, and they just let loose. They let it all out, and they have a great time. That's great. Well, listen. Well, what am I being kicked off? Is that it? Nah, never. I would never kick you off, brother. We could stay here doing this for hours, but. <laughs> But I don't know if anybody else would want to listen to us after a couple. Of, let me get a drink. I'll be right back. Then we'll really have fun. Let's, yeah, really, we should have had it. We're better with a couple of cocktails. Oh, it? I'm telling you. Let's, no, you're always a lot of fun. It's always fun to have you around. So, man. You, I love you, Brian. I love you I too, man. I can't wait to do this again in person. Yeah, I can't. I can't either. It's, uh, you know, like I said, the, the thing I love about your comedy is it makes me laugh. <laughs> that's what you're going for when you do comedy. Yeah, that's, you know, I've gone, you know, I've gone to some and I just don't laugh. But you, you know, it's it, it's well thought out. It's well written. It's witty. You got a great personality to do it. It's always a lot of fucking fun to be around you. I I dig people that you know get it, and and you know, and that's uh, to me that's you. So I mean, I. You, uh, you always got me there. Never have to worry. Thank you, Brian. And thank you for, uh, you know, being you and all that you do and uh, keeping keeping everyone in check. I'm just the asshole who asks questions. Well, you, I didn't want to say it that way. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's a, I can, I've been called worse by people who love me. I'm telling you. There, there you go. There was, there was Rodney. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> thanks man listen the show is just asked the question i am your host brian karam please join us next time